Here's another inspiring message from Northside Community Church, Sydney. So today's uh, Bible reading comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 12 to 27. Just as a body, though one has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptised by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Now, if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honourable, we treat with special honour. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty, while our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving greater honour to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honoured, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. In the reading, thank you. Good morning. It's good to be here. We had we. we I've just so I'm a campus pastor at Taramara, and uh, for those of you who are new here, welcome. Glad you're here in the room. And uh, we are one church in two locations, and currently we have three uh, worship services, stacks of small groups, ministries with children, youth, families, young adults. Uh, People from all different stages and ages and walks of life. And this morning we just had, I don't know if you heard the news, but we had a, a child dedication at Taramara this morning. And uh, that sort of makes it go a little bit longer in the service, but it was a wonderful morning together. And we had about 20, 25 guests in the room uh, for that and honoured one of our volunteers, Don, who has been doing a whole heap of pastoral care. I caught up with him on Friday, I had a game of tennis with him and a couple of the other guys from church and I'm a little bit exhausted after that. I hadn't played for a few years, uh, but um, it was good fun. But we just wanted to recognise and honour Don Smallbone, who is a retired pastor, but those two words never go together. (laughs) He just keeps pastoring and caring and loving people. And so we want to honour him because this Friday he's going in for double knee surgery. Double knee surgery. It's a pretty big thing uh, for for a guy uh, who's a widower. And uh, so we, we had a special time of prayer uh, with him this morning. But look, if, you're, if you are new to Northside or you've been here for ages, uh, glad you're here. If you want to find out what it means to have a relationship with God, uh, if you're checking out Christianity or you're wanting to explore what is this Christian message about, you've come to the right place. And if you hang around long enough, you'll actually get to hear uh, what the truth 
of the message of, of, of Christianity is all about. It's all about God's love for us. He invites us into a relationship with him uh, where all our past is dealt with and we can have new life, eternal life, forgiveness, fresh start, and a lot of suffering. <laughs> because it's not a bed of roses uh, being a Christian. But uh, today, I, w- I wanted to ask the question before we dive in. Um, I-, I believe there's a verse of the Bible that God has been speaking uh, into Northside Church. Uh, this is a verse that Sam and I, without collaborating together on what we, you know, on the specific passages that we're going to preach on, uh, over the course of the last couple of months, this verse has popped up in a sermon that I preached, a sermon he's preached, and a couple others. And I thought, wow, I think God is saying something to us as a church. I believe that this, this verse is something that he's saying to us personally, individually. But I also believe that this is a verse that God is saying to us corporately as, the, as, as Northside Church. And it's this. It's in Romans chapter 12, verse 3. It says this. Do not think of yourselves more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourselves with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith that God has given you. And what this verse is saying, it's just saying how important it is that we, we don't have an exaggerated view of how good we are, of how good things are really going, but, but that we have a, a, a sane estimate, a sane understanding of where we are at in our relationship with God and where we're at in, in view of God. And, and it's a really important verse. It, it's a verse that speaks about the importance of not um, being puffed up and uh, saying, you know what, we've got it all together. But it's a verse that says, you know what, let's just be humble before God and recognise that we haven't got our stuff together. And we need to recognise that we depend on God and we need to get some stuff sorted out. And uh, that's something that's just a, a reality. And so um, the, today's passage, uh, today's message, we're wrapping up this four-week series. We had Mark last week. You've had Sam for a couple of weeks and speaking on all of us needs each of us and each of us need all of us. And today the simple message is this, each of us needs each of us. You can go home now. There you go. You've came for what? No, 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 no. I, I, I just think it's really good for us to understand. I, w- I want to just recognise a couple of different facts and truths. I don't know what, what, what we know, but last Sunday, I don't know if you realise that we had about 60 plus kids uh, in our programs here and at Taramara in the Sunday morning service. That's a, that's a significant number of kids uh, in the room at the one time. I, you know, I, I don't know if you realise this, but Tina runs our youth ministry and she has, uh, you know, in the Taramara area, 45 kids in that group. Less than just under half of those kids have come from the local community uh, through her contact with the community. Uh, Nathan Grebert, I don't know if you guys know Nathan, but if 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 you don't know Nathan, tie dye shirt, shirt. okay, tie dye shirt guy, big beard, young guy, getting married in May. Nathan is an absolute legend. He works full time. He's engaged to be married. He, he serves in our children's ministry, he serves in our youth ministry. He does Monday nights, Friday nights. He plays guitar on the band. He gives his heart and soul. Why? Because A, he loves Jesus and B, he wants to bless the church. And God has given him gifts and abilities and he's not the most gifted guy in the room, but God has given him gifts and abilities and a way to relate to kids 
and, and, and we need to recognise this great guy. But the thing is, where would, where would our youth ministry be if it wasn't for people like Nathan and Tina? Uh, where would we be as a church if it wasn't for people years ago who had the vision to help bring this about and to bring what this is about? You know, where would we be without people using their gifts? We, 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 we wouldn't be here. I, want, I just want to ask a question. Raise your hand if you've ever been in a group of people, it may be family, maybe at work, maybe even be in the church, where you've seen, uh, when you've been in that context, you've seen someone who is quite gifted and quite talented at something and your immediate reaction when you've looked at the giftedness of the people in the room, you've thought, you know what, I don't think they need me here. I just, I just don't have the gifts and abilities of those people and I, and I don't think I'm really needed. Raise, raise your hand if that's you. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of, lot of hands raised. And that's quite a common experience, isn't it? Uh, on the flip side of that, raise your hand if you know, you've looked at the people in the room in, the fa- in your family context or at work or in the church context or, or whatever, wherever you are and you've, and you've looked at them and thought, gee, they're not that great. Um, Gee, I, I've, I've, I've got it. You know, I, I'm, I'm pretty gifted. I've got a lot to give in this room. You know, raise your hand if that's... Ever... Okay, okay, good. We've got some honesty happening. Okay, all right, okay. So um, isn't it interesting that um, often we tend to be, just like that verse, you know, don't think too high of yourself, think of yourself with a sober judgment. Some of us think too low of ourselves. But it's interesting that, that when we're with a group of people, we do this thing called comparing and we oughtn't do that. Um, but Paul recognised that this happened in a church in Corinth 2,000 years ago. This, the Corinth was a city, it was a metropolitan city. It was, uh, it was a city where it was multicultural, multiracial, multiethnic. It was a city where there was lots of trade going on, lots of commerce going on. There were lots of different uh, buildings devoted to various gods and all that sort of thing. Uh, Corinth was a little bit like Sydney, actually. You know, 2,000 years ago. And what happened was that Paul, uh, he, he loved the people at this church at Corinth and he, and, and, and he had to write a letter to them and he, and he wrote a letter to explain some things about the importance of recognising each other. You know, one of the things I love about the Bible is the absolute realness and authenticity of, of, of the people that write about the various leaders. I mean, you've got various leaders like Moses, who was a murderer. David, who was an adulterer. Uh, Rahab, who's one of the heroes of the faith. She, was, she, she, had, she had a role as a prostitute. Um, I, I, I love the, the absolute raw honesty. I mean, no human being could have ever thought up what's in this book. And I love the absolute honesty of Paul when he writes to the when he writes letters to the different churches like Corinth and Thessalonica and Galatia, and uh, you know when when I was in Bible college, one of the one of the things was you you know you, you go to Bible college because you want to be a pastor and you want to be in churches of Christ. Being a pastor of a New Testament church is the gig. But which New Testament church do you want to be the pastor of? Do you want to be the pastor of the of the Corinthian church? where they, they were fighting and there was division and the orders of service were all mucked up and people were getting drunk on communion juice. Um, you know, do you want to be the pastor of that church or do you want to be the pastor of the church at Galatia where people were going, oh, you know, you've got to get the snip in order to be part of this part of the club. Um, you know, you, you really, 
you really, uh, you know, they were getting all legalistic? Or do you want to be the pastor of the church of Thessalonica where, where you know, they knew Jesus was coming back and they thought he was coming back tomorrow, so let's down tools, let's not work. <laughs> you know? And one of the things I love about Paul when he writes to these churches is he writes them and he says, you know what, you're doing this really well, but this stuff, you've got to get it sorted out because you're not functioning as a healthy body and you need to get it sorted out so that you can become all that God has intended you to be as a church, as a group of people. And I love the vulnerability and the honesty where Paul actually reveals the weaknesses. And so I think that's a good advertisement for Christianity, actually. The absolute rawness and honesty of the Scriptures that highlight the strengths and the weaknesses, the, 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 the good stuff and the vulnerabilities of the Christian church. No human being could have thought of it because it's from God himself. And so today we're looking at this topic, why we need each other. And I want to just share two main points and then a couple of sub-points. The first main point is this, that one of the reasons why we need each other is because God exists in community. God exists in community. God, God has eternally existed in three persons. This is a bit challenging to get our heads around because uh, we believe that God is one, but that God is a triune, the triune God. He's one God in three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. These three are co-equal and yet one God. And Paul refers to the to, to the Godhead or the triune God in, in a few verses just before uh, that passage was read to us. Let's have a look at it in 1 Corinthians 12, 4 to 6. He says this, There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. And there are different kinds of working, but, all, but in all of them and in everyone is the same God at work. And so this is one of Paul's ways of, of, of reminding the Corinthians that, because they were a bit of a divided sort of church, and, and he reminds them, just remember that God is one. He's, he's, he's represented in three ways, you know, Father, Son and Spirit. And yet there, are, there is this diversity in the spiritual gifts. There's a diversity in the way God works. There's a, there's a diversity in the way the Spirit moves and does His work in the body and in the body of Christ. We could talk about this one for a, a lot longer. I've done a series on, you know, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, but we're not going to go there today. But one of the reasons why we need each other is because God himself exists in community and we are made in his image. And because we're made in his image, we also need to be in community in relationship with one another, why we need each other. The second reason why uh, we need each other, and that is this, because Jesus himself has joined us together. You know, the church is the body of Christ. Do you realise, whether you realise it or not, you chose to come to church today, you chose to be in the room, but there's another bigger picture at work. Another bigger picture at work, and that is this, that God has brought us together this morning for this moment. There's a reason you're here this morning. And that reason is an ultimate reason because God has something that he wants to say to you and to me this morning. God has something he wants to impress onto our hearts and on our minds that we might live out these truths uh, in the weeks and months ahead. 
1 Corinthians 12, 12 to 13 says this, The body is a unit, though it is made up of many parts, and though all of its parts are many, they form one body. So it is with Christ. For we were all baptised by one spirit into the one body, that's the church, whether Jews or Greeks, slave or free, we were all given the one spirit to drink. See, Jesus is the one who's brought us together. Uh, If it wasn't for Jesus, would we be in the room? We wouldn't be here. Jesus is the one who brings us together and he's the one who unites us together. And Jesus has brought us together for a number of reasons. One of them is that we might learn how to love one another. One of the reasons Jesus has brought us together is that we might learn how to forgive one another. Another reason is that we might learn how to serve one another and encourage each other and build each other up and to help each other and support each other and encourage each other and pray for each other and and, and meet together. There's so many reasons why Jesus has brought us together. I love the fact that Jesus isn't finished with me yet. I have so long, so much further to go in order for me to be the person that God intends me to be. And I've noticed in my life that it is through the people that God has surrounded me with that I learn and I become more and more like Jesus. But I still have a long, long way to go. Jesus has joined us together. Now, there are a couple of things in this passage that we think, and some of you have already raised your hands because you've thought these thoughts and said these words, but two things that Paul says that we should never, ever think and never, ever say. So we're going to learn about those today. This is in the never, ever. This is the never, ever uh, lesson for today. Ready? First one is this. Never think or say, I don't belong, I'm not needed. Now, has, have any of us ever thought that or said that? We have. And Paul knew that in the church at Corinth 2,000 years ago, people were thinking and saying, I don't belong here. I'm not needed here. Why is it that 2,000 years, some things just haven't changed? Um, and, and Paul says, don't ever say that. Never, never say that. And, and, and he goes on, he says, why? Every part, um, you see, there are different parts of the body, eyes, ears, nose, mouth, feet, legs, arms. Every part is needed for the body to function and work. And just as each local church is an expression of the body of Christ and every person is needed, you're needed. And so let's have a look at what he says. Um, uh, We're just going to go through that passage again. It says, now the body is not made up of one part but many. And can you imagine this? Uh, Imagine a foot with with a mouthpiece. I, I just don't get it, but anyway. But if the foot was able to speak and say, because I'm not a hand... I don't belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be part of the body. And if the ear somehow was able to say, uh, because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be a part of the body. In other words, you can say that you don't belong, you can say that you're not needed, but the truth of the matter is you do belong and you are needed. See? Sometimes there's a difference between what we think and what we say and what the truth really is. And that's what Paul's pointing out here. Then he says, if the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? You see, every part is needed. Every part's needed. 
and the eye on its own can't do anything, the ear on its own can't do much. Imagine if you were an eye. Could you walk? You couldn't get anywhere. You'd just be an eye. Imagine this. Imagine the different parts of the body without a skeleton, uh, without a spine. Um, do you know that my body, uh, if it didn't have a skeleton, if it didn't have bones, the 200 and whatever bones that my body has, if, 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 those, if, if you took all that out, what would, I would just be a, a blob, flob, and I wouldn't be able to move or I'd do anything. And Paul doesn't talk about the skeleton part here, but what he's saying, uh, we, we need to recognise this, that a body without a structure and without some systems, like, you know, our body has a nervous system, a respiratory system, a circulatory system. It has all these different systems. And those systems are essential for the body to function well. And the skeletal system is the structure. And when the structure's good and when the systems are right, guess what happens? There's movement. There's health. There's vibrancy. And there's... And so... But, but how bad would it be if you could just see the structure? I mean, when, if, if, if you could see me today and all you could see was my skeleton, I'd be worried. <laughs> and what would I be? I wouldn't be here, would I? I'd be dead. Maybe with Jesus, but... And Paul doesn't talk about this, but, but, but we need to see that behind this, there's a, there, behind every healthy body, there is, and in every healthy body, there is a, a healthy structure and a healthy system to help the body move and do the things the body needs to do. Never think to say, I don't belong, I'm not needed. And there's a reason why. God has gifted you to build up the body. Did you know that? God has given you gifts God has given you gifts to build up the body. How good is that? That the creator of the universe, not only does he love you, not only did Jesus die on the cross for us and rise again from us, but he has given to us spiritual gifts for us to use to build up each other and encourage each other. And in doing that, we find our purpose. So some of us are gifted with the gift of leadership and others are gifted with the gift of administration and there's gifts of pastoring and helping and serving. And, you know, there are people, there's a lady today who prepared communion and, and we wouldn't be able to have communion if it wasn't for someone using their gift of helping or serving. We wouldn't be able to sing if it wasn't for people with gifts of, of, of leadership and music and audio and people to put stuff on the screen. We wouldn't be able to reach out into the community if it wasn't for people with a passion to reach out to people through things like Alpha. And, and we wouldn't be the church that we could be if it wasn't for people who had a passion for working with seniors or working with children or working with youth um, and working with young, mar- young marriage, it, you know, or, or for caring for those who are often... The church often doesn't know how to treat, but we look after those who are going through separation and divorce and because there are people with a heart and a passion and a real gifting from God to serve in those areas of helping people uh, in those areas and building up the body. The Bible says, but in fact, God has arranged the parts of the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they're all one part, where would the body be? 
as it is there are many parts but one body. I just want to ask a very probing question, and that is this. Do you know what gifts God has given you? Every single Christian, every single person who has put their faith in Jesus, God has bestowed upon you at least one spiritual gift. Do you know what it is? Do you know what maybe some of you have two gifts or three or four? Some people have five or six. God has given you a spiritual gift. Question, do you know what it is? And if you don't know what it is, I'd encourage you to go to the next steps desk or send us an email this week or let us know and say, I want to find out what my spiritual gifts are. Because for me, one of the things that has fired up my faith is knowing what my spiritual gifts are and how I can use those gifts then to serve the body of Christ and to help the church become all that she can be. But we need each other. We need each other. We need each other to be able to do that. So there are different people with different gifts. Where would our church be if it wasn't for people like Helen Solomon? who just is on the phone, loving, caring, praying for people and is aware of what's going on. Where would we be as a church if it wasn't for people like David Solomon, who when there's a technical issue, he can sort it out. Or, or David Hunter, when there's building issues to be looked at. Where would we be? We, you know what? We probably wouldn't be in the room. Because those guys are using their gifts in order to help this place become a safe place and a place where we can meet and worship in. And, and so we, we, we need each other. We need each other. Uh, so never think or say, uh, we don't, I don't belong, I'm not needed. Second thing we should never think or say, I don't need you, you are less important. <laughs> I mean, as if you would say that. I did once. I remember as a young teenage lad, there was me and three other guys and we were friends together and, and this other guy became part of our friendship group and, oh, I don't know, I think it was just one too many. <laughs> so I said to him, mate, you don't belong in our group. We don't need you. How loving was that? One of my not-so-handsome, great moments But I think the fact of the matter is I actually did that, but I think sometimes I've said it and sometimes, believe it or not, there are people in this room who've actually thought that. We sometimes think that we've got what it takes and sometimes we think, you know what, I don't really need you or you or you. And Paul says, don't ever, 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 ever think that. Don't ever, ever, ever say that or think it. Here's where he goes. 1 Corinthians 12, 21 to 24, he says, The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. In other words, they're really necessary. And the parts that we think are less honourable, we treat them with special honour, don't we? And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty, while our presentable parts maybe need no special treatment. You know what? It takes real spiritual maturity and emotional maturity to be a person who appreciates the gifts of others. It takes spiritual maturity and emotional maturity to be appreciative of the gifts of others and the contributions that other people can make. Um, You know, it's so important that we can appreciate each other that we value each other, 
um, that we appreciate and value uh, the people that serve in so many different ways. Now, just in a Sunday service, there's about 30, 40 people involved in helping the service function. But throughout the week, there's all kinds of stuff that goes on. Like our small, Where would our church be if it wasn't for our small group leaders, our community group leaders? You know, the love and care and the spiritual growth and the friendship and the encouragement and the fellowship and the prayer and the care and the hospital visits and all that stuff happens. And a lot of it is, comes out of what happens in a connect group, community group. You know, in our church, we have lots and lots of grandparents, heaps of them, stacks of them. And one of the things we want to do this year is we want to honour our grandparents. And so coming up uh, in, on Grandparents Day, National Grandparents Day is the last Sunday uh, in October. You know, we have Father's Day, we have Mother's Day in May, Father's Day in September. And in October, the last Sunday, it's Grandparents Day, National Grandparents Day. And we've been able to secure Australia's leading Grandparents Day speaker, He's going to be here at Taramara and at Crow's Nest on this day in October. And I'm, why am I sharing you this? This is like months away. I'll tell you why. We would love to invite every grandparent to invite every one of their grandchildren to church that day to hear this guy because he's good. And we'd love to invite every grandchild to invite every one of their grandparents to Grandparents Day as well. So if you've got overseas grandparents, you know the date. Circle it in the calendar because this is going to be a great weekend and we may even have a weekend workshop on the Saturday for grandparents because grandparenting is challenging. Being a grandparent is a tough gig because you're dealing with expectations and all sorts of things. But we want to support our grandparents in our church. And so I want to just highlight this particular thing. Uh, and uh, Brian Andrew, a great guy, a good friend of mine. And uh, it's going to be a wonderful uh, weekend together. But I just want to say that because uh, it's, a, it's an ad, but I'm preaching on the fact that we need to value each other and we value our grandparents. Paul continues his letter and he says this, God has combined the members of the body. He's given greater honour to the parts that lacked it so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part's on it, every part rejoices. Then he says, you are the body of Christ. Each one of you is a part of it. He's helping, helping us see that, you know, when one of us is doing it tough, we all feel it. And have you noticed that? When, when one of us, even if, even if you can't physically put your finger on it, the fact is, if one of us is doing it tough, it affects everyone. And if one of us is going really well, guess what? We can all rejoice with that person. We are connected. We are a body. We're all connected one to the other. And so it, it, it's really important. Uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago, Adrian, uh, our, one of our pastors, he led our pastoral team through uh, a training session with a, a new database that we're implementing in the next, uh, next little while called Alvanto. And we were in the room together and Adrian was leading us through this new database. But before, he start, before we started, we prayed and Adrian said this, just remember... It's all about people. It's all about people. Then he said it again. This is all about people. Because, you know, you can get into a database and you can go here, there and everywhere and it can all be fun and funky. And, but then he said, hang on, just remember, this is all about how we serve and love our people. And Paul was always on about this because... 
in the verse just before this, he's actually sowing a seed for what's to come. We know 1 Corinthians 13, it's the love chapter, you know. 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter. And Paul is saying, you know, he says in, love, in the love chapter, you know, you can, you can have the greatest gifts, but if you don't have love, you're just making a noise. You're just getting on the drums and playing, playing it really loud. And it's just a mess. And what he's saying here, he's starting to sow the seed and he says these words. He says, the parts of the body should have equal concern for each other. That's a challenging statement. And the question that I would ask you, the one probing question today is, do you know what your spiritual gifts are? But here's a more important question. It's the love question. Do you have equal concern for each other? That's the biggest question. And that's, that's, that's the important question. It's the love question. Are we loving each other? Do we have an equal concern for one another is the question. Never think or say, I don't need you. You are less important. And there's a reason why, and that is this. God has surrounded you with gifted people to build you up. Do you know what? There's no, it's no accident that you're here this morning. You might have chose to be here, but here's the truth of the matter is God has brought you here and he's brought you into this church and he's placed you in the team you're in or the family you're in or the work situation you're in or the church you're in for a, for a bigger picture reason and that is God has surrounded you with gifted people who you need to build you up and to help you become the person that you are intended to be. You know, there's been times in my life where I've been just downright discouraged and wondered whether I should keep going and then someone has come and got alongside me and just spoken a word of encouragement and that's all I needed. It built me up and I kept going. There's been other times in my life where I've prayed to God and said, God, I need wisdom. I need to know what, do I go this way, this way? Or this way, and I needed wisdom and I needed direction. And guess what? God has provided someone to just give me a word of wisdom in season, and that's all I needed. Wouldn't it have been a shame if they didn't speak up or didn't say those words of encouragement? Because God has placed in my life people who are gifted, which is just what I needed at that time. And I would just say to you, I want to encourage you to open your eyes, open your ears. And see that right in front of you and right around you, God has placed in your life gifted people, the very people that you need to help you become the person that God intends you to be, to help you through that season of life, that life stage that you're on right now or whatever's going on. God has placed them there just for you. Do you see it? Can you hear it? Can you see what God is up to? You know, um, one of the things that we are seeking to do as a church is we're seeking to help some of our systems and some of our structures. And one of the one of the ways we're doing this is, you know, we've heard of the Royal Commission, haven't we? We've heard there's a there's a few of them, but there's been a Royal Commission a few years ago about institutional abuse of children. And as a church, we are committed to do everything possible that that would never happen. 
And so we've invited a bunch of people. Maybe you're not directly involved with the care of children, but you might be a decision maker. So we've got a Creating Safe Spaces workshop that's going to be hosted here next, uh, next week. And this is for people who've received an invitation or anyone who's in leadership. And if you haven't uh, registered for that, uh, you, you need to let us know, but we really need you in the room uh, for that. And there's, there's other opportunities if you can't. But one of the reasons we're doing this, you know what, we did a baby dedication this morning for a little girl. We want to do everything we can to look after that little girl, don't we? We want, to do, we want to make sure that we interview our leaders, that we have good processes in place, that we, yeah, we want to do everything we possibly can to make sure that we're not on the Channel 7 News for bad reasons. So that's one of the things that we're working on. In their book, Leaders Who Make a Difference, Nennis and Dobbs write this. The fine art of team building requires selecting the right people with the right skills, positioning them so that they can make their greatest contribution, and then fostering their mutual responsibility for achieving the vision and the mission. That's a great quote, and I would encourage you to take a photo of that or use it because that is a great thing for you to use. You know, October last year, we had a, a working bee at Taramara and I was praying for 30 people to come to the working bee and people said, what, 30? You might get four. And I said, no, I'm praying for 30. So we prayed for 30. And then 28 people came and I went, oh, a bit short. <laughs> 28. We only got 28. I want 30. And then someone, and this is just a photo of some of the guys just after breakfast. This is some of the team uh, for that little working bee. And uh, we did gardening and cleaning and dusting and cleaned the place up and, and did a great job. And then someone told me, oh, uh, Micah Phillips, he was out the side garden. Oh, I didn't count him. It's 29. 29. Oh, good. We're close. And, and then I realised a week afterwards, I said, hang on a minute. We did have 30. Jesus was there. Jesus was there. Because we were there to serve Jesus. And where two or three are gathered in his name. When there's two, there's actually three. And when there's three, there's actually four. Because Jesus is there. And so we had morning tea together and the ladies did a wonderful morning tea. Why am I telling you this? Because we're going to have another one. We're going to have another working bee, 28th of March. If you got free that morning and you want to have some good food, fellowship and fun, I'm not going to tell you how many I'm praying for yet. <laughs> um, but why am I telling you this? You know what? Getting together with others in serving is a great way of building relationship and helping, helping us know that each of us needs each of us. What do you need to do? Firstly, you need to know what your gifts are. Secondly, we need to love one another, equal concern for each other is so important. And if you don't know what your gifts are, explore it, find it. Talk to one of the pastors and say, hey, I want to find out what my gifts are because this year we want to do all we can to equip you in ministry. Each of us needs each of us. I'm going to pray. And then if you would like prayer, maybe during our whatever is going to happen next, we can pray for you up the back. It's been great to see you this morning. If you've got any questions, email me or come and see me in the foyer. Love to chat more. Uh, but let me pray and uh, the team might come up and lead us in our last song. Father, we thank you for Jesus. Thank you for your amazing love and grace for us. Thank you that you 
you have loved us so much and you've given us gifts and you've given us abilities and you've given around us people that we need to appreciate and have eyes to see and ears to hear. Lord, we need you and we thank you that it is through the gifts that you've given to each of us that we can be built up. Thank you, God, that you have given us purpose. Thank you, God, that you light a fire in our belly uh, to, to serve and to do stuff and to make, to make things that are wrong in the world, to make them right again. Uh, thank you that you... Thank you for the people in our lives. Help us to appreciate one another. Help us to see the good in each other. Help us to see and to, and to have a humble, humble spirit with one another to, to, to go, what can I learn from this person? What is it that they bring into my life that, that, that could actually help me become more like Jesus? Thank you for this time together, God. Thank you that you are good to us all the time. Help us realise that we need each other. In Jesus' name, amen. For more info and all the latest Northside news and events, visit northsidechurch.org.au today.